Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, and welcome to the Tracy Sandler Show. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, and I am super excited today to welcome, I believe, for the first time on the Tracy Sandler Show, host of the Rafino and Joe's Show on Believe, Joe DeLeon. Joe, how are you? Welcome to the show. I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I'm excited that we've got a, a couple more big games coming up this weekend. I'm, I'm probably doing better than you are with uh, with dealing with all the uh, the Michigan allegations and all that. But uh, no, I'm excited to be on and I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. Well, you brought up the allegations. I am actually doing okay <laughs> because I basically what I have what it looks like is going to happen here is that Michigan is basically going to go all scorched earth on everybody. And it's going to be like, okay, you want to bring us down? You're coming with us. But I also think beyond that, whatever happens, there are going to be a legal battle and Jim Harbaugh will be on the sidelines the rest of the season. But let's back up a little bit, just a touch. For those of you who maybe have not been following along, Michigan is involved in a sign-stealing scandal. Now, Joe, can you explain to the people that you can steal signs, you just can't send somebody to do it, correct? Right. That's where the the allegation lies. There is, it's rampant across college football that signs are being stolen during game days. And I'm I'm sure we'll kind of dive into this in a sec because it goes into my whole thoughts on the situation. Michigan's not unique in what they did where there are teams that have made efforts and do make efforts to steal play calling signs in order to have an advantage. And Brent Venables, who is Oklahoma's head coach, is probably the most uh, egregious at this. He's well known for stealing signs and why he was such a good defensive coordinator at Clemson uh, was because he was so well known for doing it. But what has made this such a controversial topic and where uh, what they're being accused of is the fact that Connor Stallions, who is a former recruiting staffer who was recently fired was traveling to these well yeah resigned was that was that what the official was that he resigned or he was that he resigned on friday um, okay that he refused to when we get more to this to uh participate in any internal or external investigations like go connor stallions and um (laughs) and of course said that it is just him and that jim harbaugh and company did not know but continue joe continue with the explanation well, he's definitely playing into the 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 role of being the uh, the fall guy for doing that. But the where the allegation lies is the fact that this staffer was traveling to opposing teams' games of upcoming opponents or projected opponents based on where they might have ended up in the college football playoff or or whatnot in order to record, whether it was through writing down or with video, the signs of opposing teams' offensive play calls. And it has gone as far as to people finding footage of allegedly him on the sidelines of a Central Michigan game where he was dressed in Central Michigan team attire as a disguised coach to then steal signals for uh, against Michigan State. So this is a very deep operation. Connor Stallions was going above and beyond, which again is a violation to do these such things in order to acquire those signals. The last of the major pro sports leagues kicks off this week, and Bet Online is your top spot for all your NBA action this season. With NFL, college football, and NHL in full swing, Bet Online is your number one source for wagering news, 
odds, trends, and predictions. Get everything NBA at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access for every sport, anytime. Head to Bet Online today to get in on the action. Don't forget to use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Now, I think a, a couple things. First of all, I think it is important to men- mention, and nobody will be surprised, I think it's important to mention this. Connor Stallions maintains that he was doing this without, like I said before, Coach Harbaugh's knowledge or right. anybody else's knowledge. Jim Harbaugh has stated that he did not know and that he would not condone this. Um, I do believe him on this. I Granted, I think we all know Jim Harbaugh could walk in here right now and be like, your name is not Tracy Sandler. And I'd be like, it's not? Okay. But <laughs> nonetheless, I, I do believe him on this. And I, from everything I'm reading, granted, I'm not there, and I'm not an insider on this at all, but everything I'm reading and seeing it feels, seems that the university believes him too and really has his back. I mean, Jim Harbaugh's a lot of things, but he's not an idiot. And if he had any connection to this, I just don't think that he'd know that that would come out. So I actually do believe him on this. So I think it's important to mention that. And as Mm -hmm. I said earlier, Connor Stallions, after it was first reported, he was fired. Then the university said he resigned. He would not, he would not uh, participate in investigations. And he and his lawyers, you know, gave documents, I think, to the athletic, basically stating that he was a lone wolf on this. I think it is also worth mentioning that he has a 600 page manifesto on how to run Michigan football. And in my opinion, nothing says rogue like a 600 page manifesto. <laughs> I mean, just the word manifesto to me, nothing says rogue like that. I mean, he think the, he did do it. I'm not, I don't, I mean, it seems that he did it again. I haven't looked at all the evidence, but one of the big things now is, is what happens now. Now, before we get to that, if he's on the sidelines at CMU and coaching gear, if that actually is him, isn't that on CMU? I mean, how did he get there? No one was like, uh, excuse me, who are you? Well, interestingly enough, in college, I actually played against Central Michigan. So I'm kind of familiar with that stadium. And I've also okay. played against a number of MAC teams. I also played against Ohio. And I can tell you right now, there's really not a lot of security going on at those types of stadiums when there's not really a packed crowd or um, I actually, I believe this game was, it was at Michigan state now that I'm, I'm thinking of in, in saying that, but I think it was what, at Michigan state. There is security it was, there in theory. The, right. But as I'm, <laughs> what I'm trying to get at here is that these Mac teams aren't entirely as organized as I think some people might expect. They're not to the level of the power five programs. They're, you know, their staffs are going to be a lot smaller and they're probably not going to really pay attention to something like this happening you're in the throes of a game and somebody sneaks his way over there and he finds his way into getting a guest pass. I'm sure that he wasn't the one who requested it. There was probably some sort of organization. I will say it is on Central Michigan for not being aware that he was doing this and that he found his way onto the sideline and that nobody uh, questioned him. I do wonder if maybe he knew somebody on the staff that he took advantage of that opportunity and got him onto the sideline. But nonetheless... I think that Connor Stallions just snuck his way and, and nobody said anything. No, no one was paying attention and he just got away with it because of the circumstance of it being a football game and everyone was focused on something else. Again, this is probably my Michigan bias showing, but I also would say to me, it feels very rogue to even do that. Like, I just can't imagine that anyone at Michigan football was like, definitely yeah. that. a great idea. No one will notice. 
the the um, best example that I've I've heard thrown out there is that we, we've all worked places or interned places, and there's always that one intern who takes themselves way too seriously. That's a little bit crazy, and they go way too above and beyond. And I know that he's not an intern, but I really think that Stallions was that guy that just uh-huh. knew that his his responsibility was to get the signals, and he figured out a way in order to get it better than everybody else. And he was really good at it. He was just terrible at covering his tracks. Terrible. Absolutely <laughs> terrible at it. It's terrible. And, me, you know, and I will say, I will throw this a little bit just so people don't think I'm too Michigan biased. I would say ultimately at the end of the day, if nobody, it, let's pretend nobody else knew, uh, that's a little bit on Michigan too. And maybe that's like an, I don't want to know. And this guy is so good at getting the signals and I'm just going to be really happy with that and whatever. But I, I, I do believe, like I said, I do believe Harbaugh when he says he didn't know. And so now, but now beyond all that, we have this, there's an NCAA investigation, which those things take time. But what has happened in the last week um, is the other big 10 coaches and athletic directors got on a call with the Big Ten commissioner and they're complaining and they want something done now and all of that. And so it would be in a somewhat unprecedented move for the Big Ten to punish Jim Harbaugh in season. There's been a big deal made of that it wouldn't be it wouldn't be anything that affected the players or the student athletes because it's not their fault, but they would want to punish Jim Harbaugh. Now, the problem with that from a Michigan perspective is that everybody else gets an investigation on anything else. And so for him to like make this, if, if the commissioner does in fact punish him and if, and there were reports and, and Joe, you may be able to give a more detail on this, but there are reports that they've already sent potential punishments to the university for a response. And the university has, I guess, till the middle of the week to respond to them. But then there are also reports that should Harbaugh be suspended, Michigan is ready to go with an injunction. And I think because of that, I, I don't think there's I don't think he'll end up missing any games this season, but it is kind of ridiculous that 13 coaches and ADs, I have a name for them, but I will keep it to myself because it's a family show, but that <laughs> those people can get on a call and be like, it's not fair, punish him because they're because they don't want to lose and because they don't like him. I, I understand that there's a ton of mounting evidence against Michigan there is going to end up being a conclusion to this. And again, it, it's it's very it's very clear that what was happening did happen. But where yeah. I stand and what... I don't what, think anyone's necessarily debating that. Right. And where I stand, and this kind of seemingly is against the, the general public consensus, and I also would like to establish here, I, I have no connection to Michigan whatsoever. I didn't go there. If anything, I'm probably more against Michigan than most people, because I grew up a Notre Dame fan, very oh, wow. big in that rivalry. I know I, I probably should have told you that before we came on, but no, it's probably better <laughs> you didn't tell me that before you came on. <laughs> r- r- right, exactly. But what I'm getting at here is, I, I really think that it's unfair to levy any type of suspension based on the circumstance without a proper investigation going through. You cannot suspend Jim Harbaugh or any number members of this Michigan staff without giving them the due process of determining um, what actually happened to the degree it happened. Again, it seems like this is actually something that did occur, but you need to conduct a proper investigation before you can deliver any type of suspension that, that occurs here. There's nobody that's in physical danger. There is nothing unlawful that has occurred here other than them cheating. So if that is what they're being accused of, 
There needs to be some sort of proper investigation, just like we do with recruiting allegations, all of those types of things that are considered uh, an unfair advantage. Michigan needs that due process. They're probably not going to get it, which is, as you just said, there's going to be counter legal action that's probably going to come in response from Michigan that's going to slow this whole thing down. Overall, though, I'm, I'm on your side on this. I'm on Michigan's side. I don't think that it would be a smart and wise decision or a fair one just because other teams are complaining right now to do that, to suspend him without having everything being properly uh, combed over and investigated into. And it does seem that it happened, but the real the investigation is who knew, when did they know, you know how much of an advantage was it, et cetera, et cetera. And they do deserve a proper investigation. And it, it kind of also feels like that the Big Ten commissioner, who it's Tony Petiti, am I saying it right? Yes. Yeah, it's okay. Tony Petiti. Um, really, really doubling down on name pronunciation today, Joe. We had a conversation uh, <laughs> <laughs> before we started, we started recording. But it, it almost seems like potentially he's going to hand down a suspension knowing Michigan's going to fight it. The Big Ten isn't really going to fight back all that much. And it will just be like, well, see guys, it tried. Anywho, get excited, get excited for the game on Saturday. I mean, it feels like a little bit like that, but it also feels like the big 10 commissioner, Tony Petiti is in his first year of commissioner. And you can't, every time someone complains is this is what we're going to do. And I'm not saying if, if right. it happened, as they said, if more people knew, I'm not saying it's not serious, but you're setting a pretty bad precedent. Then on top of all of this, I mean, this is like such a movie script and I can't wait for the movie on it. And before we finish this podcast, I'm going to make us cast it. But <laughs> so prepare yourself. Um, but it does feel like then then you have Michigan or or the AP came out today. So I wouldn't say Michigan, but I wouldn't be surprised if Michigan were behind it. That there, that Michigan is in, uh, has documents that someone broke into their systems and stole their signs. And it was a former Big Ten staffer. And you're we're going to get to a point here that it's like, we need to have an investigation. Because if you're going to investigate Michigan, then you're going to have to investigate this allegation. Uh, not to mention the allegations that potentially they illegally broke into their computer systems. I did see a tweet the other day that I thought was very funny. And it said, if Ryan Day goes to prison for Jim Harbaugh, cheating that would be the funniest thing in the world and <laughs> it was, i did think that was a really funny tweet i don't really think we're going to get to that point but right now there are allegations all over the place and so at what point does the big 10 say okay fine we need to investigate all this we're gonna let the ncaa do its thing um but it does seem unfair too that they would suspend harbaugh but then not look into this other allegation because then i feel like michigan could get on the phone with Petiti and be like okay well then we're mad about this suspend that person. Right. Well, so that's where this all, again, it, it feeds into my, my thoughts on the whole conversation is that Michigan is not the only person or the only team out of all 130 FBS programs, all the Power Five programs that has done this. They're simply the only football program that has gotten caught. There are other forms of cheating that occur across college football that have not been investigated, that have not been caught, that have not been this publicized. It feels as though Michigan is is being made an example of. It feels like knowing how all these other teams across the country are doing this. And today we actually have some tangible evidence of it. It's not very deep evidence because it's from an anonymous source. There isn't direct information of what school it was, what schools the information was being shared with. 
But it's still a serious claim that's being brought to the table. And I think that if this is now in the conversation, to your point, we do need to have a conference-wide deep dive on who's doing this, who's getting in trouble for doing it, who needs to be held accountable for doing it before we suspend Jim Harbaugh before the college football playoff. I think that the biggest issue with all of this is that if I'm Tony Petiti, who he's got a law background, by the way, he is a, a former Harvard lawyer, a uh, Harvard educated lawyer. He was a, a lawyer for a period of time before he went into broadcasting in the back end of the business side of things in broadcasting. He should be willing to let this thing play out and not rush to any level of judgment. But if I'm Tony Petiti with both of those backgrounds of having broadcasting, a law background, he should understand that it's to the conference's benefit to have its best team playing in the college football playoff. If Harbaugh coaches against Ohio State, they're probably going to beat them. I believe that they're going to beat them because they have a more balanced team. And you want that team to go on to face off with Georgia in a year where Georgia is completely beatable. Instead, we're going to create this whole muck. And if Ohio State goes, I don't think that Ohio State has that same luck. It is going to negatively impact the conference if you don't send the best possible team. And if you rush to judgment, it's only going to hurt your conference as a whole. So I wonder, with his background that he has, going back to what I said a little bit earlier, does he know with that law background, I can hand this down the suspension, but Michigan's going to fight it and legally they're going to win. They're at least going to get it um, delayed, you know, the, right. the suspension. And so, is it him saying, "All right, I can appe- I can basically appease everybody here, because I can appease the coaches that are whining." I almost called them the name that I wasn't going to call them the podcast. So I, did so with that. <laughs> I can appease the coaches that are whining. I can. I know at the end of the day, Michigan will fight it and win, and everybody. It all works out to everybody's benefit. I wonder if that's what he's hoping or thinking will happen. That's a really good know. point. I go into his mind, but I'm just curious. Right. It's a, that's a really good point. That was kind of something that I was considering. And I just, I, I don't, I don't have a legal background. So like, I don't really know the bylaws of the conference and, and how, if there is a countersuit, what that does to the suspension. I, I would assume as you're saying that if they do countersue, that means in the time being until the, you know, whatever case is settled, uh, that Harbaugh would be able to coach. And I think that's a really good point. I think that him doing that, knowing full well that they're going to counter, and I, maybe he even provided a suggestion to Michigan to try to counter Sue to allow them to have Jim Harbaugh coaching. It's a really good point. I, I think that that's something worth considering. And we'll find out if Harbaugh is on the sideline this Saturday and for the rest of the season. Uh, and thank you for saying it was a good point. I can't take complete credit for it because I... Uh, I don't know if you guys can hear it in my voice. I'm a little sick today, and therefore I've been in bed and I have been able to deep dive on this matter <laughs> in a way that I probably wouldn't be able to if I were up in the bay at the Chase Young press conference as I was supposed to be. But I was able to deep dive on this matter, and so I've read a lot about it. And it, it, from what I've read, it feels like the injunction would be ready to go and that they probably would win it, for lack of a better term, because I am also not a lawyer with legal background. Uh, and also, I saw that you know Santa Ono wrote this letter to Tony Petiti that was leaked, not maybe not even leaked, but shared you know worldwide over the weekend because Michigan met with the Big Ten on Friday, and the the from what I've read, the letter basically was a preemptive laying out of what we would do legally if you suspend him. Essentially, it's not I'm simplifying it. But he really laid out like all the reasons. And this is Santa Ono, the president of the university, who I'm a 
huge fan of, but laid out all the things that they would be able to point to. And, and it was almost like a legal letter, even though it wasn't. So that seems to be the feeling. Um, if I were to guess, and who knows I'm right, Jim Harbaugh will be on the sidelines on Saturday coaching against Penn State. Right, right. It's that it's was- too soon. I, I think that, that that's absolutely going to be the case, that he's, he's going to coach. And as we've seen, it's a really good coaching staff. And even if he's not there for a singular game, they're probably going to be fine. They have a talent advantage over Penn State. And I think that they're still going to win that football game. And they'll be in a really good position going into the Ohio State matchup. So let's talk a little bit about the football game on Saturday because there was, you know, there's not been a ton of talk about the actual games in the last couple of weeks. Though uh, last week in one of Jim Harbaugh's press conferences before the Purdue game, he I saw a clip of him saying, I can talk about the Purdue game. The game is going to be played on Saturday. You guys don't seem to want to talk about that. I Every press conference I watch, I just love him more and more. So clearly there's a huge Jim Harbaugh bias here. And I'm a Michigan alum and I love Michigan football. And in case I haven't said it in the last 15 seconds, I really love Jim Harbaugh. So I think everything, I just really want him on the sidelines <laughs> on Saturday. Um, so, so there's that. But let's look at the game because as you mentioned, Michigan probably is a more talented team, is a more talented team. They are really just so balanced. And you were talking about this with Ohio State and every and every single facet. I mean, I laugh because of course earlier in the season, Jim Harbaugh said the most Jim Harbaugh thing ever and said we're not offense and not we're not defense, we're we fence. And it's a ridiculous statement. However, I kind of get it because they are so balanced on every side of the ball. So looking ahead to Saturday's game and maybe even a little bit beyond this is a game in Happy Valley. I personally am really nervous about it, but I get really nervous about like Rutgers. So I don't know that I'm the best judge here, but how do you see this one playing out? And it should be Michigan's biggest test. They probably aren't going to blow them out the way they've been doing other teams, but kind of how do you see this one playing out? Yeah, I think that what we saw between Penn State and Ohio State is a pretty clear indicator how this one will play out. And one big, big advantage that Michigan has compared to what Ohio State had going into this game is that Michigan's got an experienced quarterback who is really in rhythm right now and is playing really, really good. J.J. McCarthy has been phenomenal minus that three-pick game that he had against Bowling Green. He has been a reason why they've been successful. Now, he does have some accuracy ball placement issues that, that worry me at times, but it helps the fact that their run game is in rhythm. Their offensive line, led by Zach Zinter, is so experienced. They pave massive holes for Donovan Edwards, Blake Corum. They have such an easy time running the ball that their passing attack doesn't have to do a whole lot. They don't need to rely on J.J. McCarthy like other teams need to in order to move the ball with their quarterbacks. I love the two tight ends that they have with A.J. Barner and Mm -hmm. Colston Loveland. I think they're both very productive, very talented football players. They have such an offensive advantage compared to what Ohio State had going into the Penn State game that I think that they will score with with much more ease. We saw Kyle McCord have some issues and was pressured a bit by Chop Robinson, and he might not be totally available for this game. That Penn State front is, is phenomenal. Their secondary is very, very good. But because of the totality of this offensive unit and how balanced they've been over the past weeks, they're going to look fine in this game. They're, I'm sure that they will be stymied on a few drives because Kalen King is just such a good defensive back and all those other guys that they have in their secondary are so good. But as you talked about, and as I've said, the balance that Michigan brings to this game is unlike anything that Penn State has faced. And the big, big thing for me is that Drew Allar 
struggled a bit against that talented defensive front for Ohio State. Now, I don't think that this Michigan front seven has a Rashawn Gary or a David Ajabo or any a, a Quiddy Pay. It doesn't have one of those guys, but it still has a quality, well-rounded group. And I think that their linebackers are phenomenal. I'm a big Junior Colson fan. It could be another really long day for Drew Allar, which again, gives a big, big advantage on both sides of the football for Michigan to win this game. And the Michigan secondary is fantastic. Oh, yeah. Fantastic secondary. So that's a whole, you know, other part of this. And it's funny when you talk about J.J. McCarthy, like Saturday against Purdue was not his best game. It wasn't a bad game by any means, but he was just... He was the tiniest bit off. I texted a friend of yeah. mine and said, JJ is the just the, maybe the tiniest bit off tonight, and that'll probably be the most critical thing you ever hear me say about JJ McCarthy. But he still played a good game and they still won. And Purdue is, you know, is not Penn State. No, you know, but nonetheless, they still won by a lot. They still played well. And you talked about the run game. And when you have Blake Corum and you have Donovan Edwards, you have those tight ends. Like you said, even if he's not perfect, and he's played much better than he did. And I would even say Saturday night, he didn't have a bad game. It's just in comparison to kind of what we've been seeing from him the last several weeks, it was not his best game. But that's not also shocking coming out of a bye with everything kind of that's been going on. I think at this point, you know, that's not going to really be an issue. I I don't, you know, think he's Mm going to have any trouble against Penn State. They're an excellent defense. I just think he'll play to the level we've been seeing him playing. You talked about Zach Sincher. That offensive line is incredible. That whole line will probably be in the NFL next year. So he should be well protected. Uh, but it'll be a tough one. This will definitely be a tougher game than they're used to. And in some ways, the season for Michigan starts on Saturday. Yeah, that that's the the strangest thing for Michigan that their scheduling has been it's been so favorable that up until this point, we we haven't even needed to think that they could, you know, that they could falter in any way. We don't even really truly know what their weaknesses are. And the, and the one thing that I come back to that I'm, I'm a little fearful of, and we were just talking about it, is, is J.J. McCarthy. I think that J.J. McCarthy has taken some massive strides forward. But as we've seen, when he's off a little bit, it, it can really drag down this offense. And him being off a little bit against Purdue was just him putting the ball behind a couple of guys and mm-hmm. just being out of rhythm and, and and not leading players, his receivers, in a position to be advantageous. He did connect on a number of great throws, but it was against Purdue. So it's not going to really hurt them when he plays poorly. They're still going to find a way to win that game. I worry if he shows up and plays a game like the one that we saw against TCU. He can't. He's got to get that out of his system. And we, we saw... A, a reminder of that he still has that in his system against a Bowling Green team that's not very good. It's a it's a MAC team. I, I'm hoping that he's completely grown past that and he doesn't do that. But I feel as though he's always capable of stooping down to that level. And you always have to be a little fearful if you're Michigan that if he doesn't play poorly, he can really, really slow down your offense. You just got to hope that he does enough and the run game starts to take over. And I do feel like he's a very different quarterback than he was against TCU. And I think TCU yeah. was also, they put themselves in a position where now he's forcing stuff. And now he has, they are playing from behind. And they they lost that game on the trick play. And I knew it at the moment. And that fourth and one trick play, that's where they lost that game. And as soon as that happened, you know, you put him in a bad position. I would hope that they as a whole have learned from that. But I, I do think he's a very different and a better quarterback than he was against TCU. But definitely should be a good game. Um, 
I think I do think Michigan will win, but I don't know if you watch this, Joe, but I'll tell all of you guys, this should be a fun week for this. I do um, a, a piece of content every week called Predictable Picks with the Maze and Blue, and it's Jake Moody and Ronnie Bell, who are two rookies on the 49ers that were at, or were at Michigan, they're Michigan alums, and yeah. they pick how many points Michigan's going to win by every week. And <laughs> right now, and there's now it's, there's like a little competition between the two of them. Ronnie's up six to two. and because it's whoever gets closer. There wasn't originally going to be that, but then it kind of became Ronnie would be like, I am 2-0 against Moody. And I was like, all right, we're going to make this a thing. <laughs> so there'll be a, there'll be a prize at the end That's of awesome. it. That's awesome. Yeah, it's been really fun. But I, I said to them a couple weeks ago, all right, like these, when we did Purdue, this might be the last week you can pick. Because like Ronnie picked them to beat Purdue by 38. Jake picked them to beat Purdue by 42. And they both always picked oh my them, God. them by like, by every week has been by a significant number. And I'm so curious with this week. So you guys make sure to check it out. It'll go up on Friday. Um, I'm so curious as to what they're going to do for this week because Penn State's going to be a lot tougher. Yeah, I think this game will be a lot closer, uh, especially for the fact that this is at Penn State. It's one of the hardest places to play in the Big Ten. So it's not going to be a complete rollover game. But I mean, like we saw last year, it's one of those teams, Michigan's one of those teams where they just got to hit their rhythm and then they can explode for a 17, 21 point lead and just close out a football game. This to me, though, is just going to be that true litmus test of how good is Michigan? You know, do they win by seven points and, and we're questioning some of their deficiencies now that we've seen them be tested? Or do they completely dominate a Penn State team that has shown us signs of weakness, lack of talent at the receiver position and other problems that they've had? Do they dominate them, win by 14, and then really establish themselves as that second team confirmed as the second best team in the country? I pick that one. I like that one. (laughs) (laughs) So I pick B. (laughs) We're going to so. Yeah, that's my pick. All right, before you go, I think we should cast the movie because there will be some movie or Netflix show or something about what has gone on. So I'm going to have us cast Harbaugh, Ryan Day, Connor Stallions. Um, are we gonna? Should we cast anybody else? I can't decide. I'm trying to. Th- yeah, I'm trying to think who else would be would be important in this. I mean, Tony Petiti wouldn't really be a fun pick, but I think the three of them are going to be the biggest, That's most true. important and I would players like in this. Team McCarthy to play himself because he looks like he should do like <laughs> anyway. So I think they're well. Gonna- they'll get the guy from what? What's the guy's name that that was in? Um, Oh my God, what's that HBO show? I'm really terrible with, with as you're starting to figure out now, terrible with entertainment um, stuff. What's the one HBO show with, um, for, forget the point that I'm trying to make here. I, <laughs> let's go ahead and try and cast this. All right, we'll cast it. All right, so um, who are you going to have play Jim Harbaugh? You might need to go first. You might okay. need to go first. I'm going to Kevin Costner. <laughs> Kevin Costner is going to play Jim Harbaugh. Oh, that's an e- that, that's a that's an easy one. Or like Dennis Quaid would be a good one. Now that I'm thinking about it, like that. Oh, would, Kevin Costner's done Dennis a lot Quaid. of sports stuff. I'm sticking. Yeah. With, I'm sticking with Kevin Costner, but you could have Dennis Quaid. Our our casting should not, doesn't necessarily have to be the same. You know, right? Like, well, that's that's true. Or like Harrison Ford kind of gives me Jim Harbaugh vibes, where it's just like very grizzly. I think either yeah, one of them. But he might be too old for this role. That's true. That's a good point. I, I like Dennis Quaid. Or Costner's good because he's done a lot of sports movies. That's that's a good pick. And I could just see Costner like them doing the press conferences and him kind of it'd be like basically like draft day, but not. <laughs> so okay, so we've Costner. Okay, 
Ryan Day. I actually don't know who I would pick to play Ryan Day. <sighs> it's it's got to be with somebody with a really poorly dyed beard. If, if <laughs> well, you can poorly some... dye any beard, really, if you want. Right. Man, that's a Ryan Day's the hardest one. I feel like Jim Harbaugh is probably the easiest. Um, who who I'm, I'm I'm already know who I think would be good for for Stallions. Who played um, the the character in Breaking Bad? Um, oh, you know who I'm talking yes, about. Totally, Aaron Paul. Yes, I think he would be perfect for Stallions. He gives that that kind of like ske- he always does the sketchy character vibe. I think he would be perfect for that. And so you know what? This brings me to Ryan Day. I think the guy from Better Call Saul, Bob. Oh, Odenberg, um, he can play. Yes, Odenkirk. That's Day. a good one. Yep. You know, well, I could actually see kind of. I don't know if it, the the personality really works, but uh, you could see Steve Carell. I think kind of similar look, similar hair color. Oh yeah. No, I don't know if that would work. Yeah, would be but a reach. I, well, you kind of could because he is so good at playing like these different types yeah. of characters. Hmm. He's a bit of a chameleon in a way. Yeah, I don't hate it. You know who else just popped into my head, and this probably isn't right, but I think it would be funny. Is uh, Will Ferrell? Oh my god! As as Ryan Day, I mean, he could do it. He could match the energy, the, the yelling. He absolutely could he do could that. Kind of do it, but like also kind of come across as like not great. I mean, my feelings about Ryan <laughs> Day are probably not shocking to anybody listening to this podcast right now, but. He's not my most fave, um, but I kind of think that one, that could work too. Aaron Paul as Connor Stallions is perfect. Oh, yeah. What, and I'm remembering now, mm-hmm. Euphoria, the HBO show. What is the name of the act? Again, I'm so terrible with actor names and movie quotes and everything. This is actually probably my best performance I could have given you with the Aaron <laughs> Paul pick. But it, the, sh- the show Euphoria, who's the tall kid with the black hair that's now oh. in the Elvis movie? Is it a Raldi, Jake Araldi? Like, I feel like he'd be good as J.J. McCarthy. I don't know why. He just seems like he fits because he's tall and in good shape. Maybe, but now that you say the Elvis movie, Austin, what's his name? Who plays oh, Elvis? Austin Butler. That's a good, yeah, that's yes, a good point. Yes, he could be J.J. McCarthy. Yeah. Yeah, Even though I still maintain, one. I think J.J. should play himself. I mean, because doesn't J.J. look to you like fully could go start a boy band tomorrow and it would be great? I don't know if you could yeah, say. He, he also gives me those, the, um, the Daniel Jones vibes that he's working at Chase as an investment banker. He kind of gives me those the same, <laughs> same type of vibes. Like, hey, I'm JJ McCarthy. Can I help you with your 401k? You know r- what? R- yes, you right. can. <laughs> yes, you can, JJ McCarthy. I, I'm laughing at the thought, though, of Austin Butler doing his Elvis impression, but trying to play JJ McCarthy because like, I feel like he can only do Elvis now after he did that role. I, I think that would be really funny if that ended up being the casting. <laughs> I think that would be amazing. I can't wait for this movie. What's the movie? Okay, here's our last thing. What's the movie going to be called? Oh my god! Um, do you have any off the top of your head? I gotta, th- I gotta think this one over. I gotta think this. Some, it's gonna have to be something with Stallion, right? Yeah. The, the first thing that I just thought of is just going straight Stallions, or like, like Incognito, or or something like that. Oh, I like or, Incognito. Um, with the poster being whoever that may be on the CMU sideline. I'm not, we right. don't know who it was for sure. Cause well, I, I'm trying to think of like a better title that is kind of mocking the, the level of in surveillance, but it's still like comedically terrible. I almost feel like this movie would have to be a comedy. I know that oh, it, it does not it play to out to be. No, I think it but, has to, it has to be like, 
like almost like a tongue in cheek comedy because the reality is, and I'm not saying they're not serious allegations, but when you like explain them to somebody, right? It's like, yeah, so he bought these tickets to other people's games and then recorded footage on his iPhone. I mean, the whole thing is like, so when you say it, and then, and then when you break it, and then Michigan or someone leaked that Ohio State, you know, uh, tapped into Michigan's computer programs like electronically, illegally. I mean, there's so many <laughs> things that sound, it's just so ridiculous. Like we're, I said the other day, like we're fully off the rails here. Um, oh, completely. I, I it's a, it's a farce at this point. It's a total, it, it gets is. completely more ridiculous every week. It really does. And that tweet the other day, the Ryan Day, Jim Harbaugh tweet, I was like, this is hilarious. It won't happen, but it's just hilarious that we're even like here. It's just yes. silly. Yes, exactly. I saw it, it just funny tweet where someone was like, Michigan works with the government. If anybody tapped their computers, <laughs> they should all be tried for treason. <laughs> oh, my God. That, the, the whole thing is ridiculous. But to the, to the point that you're talking about, the plot of this movie, I know that we're we're really diving deep on this. I, I think that if if it were, it would have to be slightly rewritten. And I think it would be a really interesting twist if the deliberately Stallions' character feels betrayed by Harbaugh. Kind of like The Incredibles. You know how the... Uh-huh. Um, I'm blanking on the character's name. My, my my memory is not serving me well of the the one character who's the young kid who um is feels very disenfranchised by Mr. Incredible. He, I feel like if he has the same energy as that this this movie could be really entertaining. I think that's true. Though I do think in real life Connor Stallions is like I am I'm going to go down for this and I'm not taking anybody <laughs> with me. That's like his personal opinion. Michigan's opinion is, "Oh, if we're going down, we're all going down." <laughs> Where <laughs> the conference is going exactly. scorched earth, but I think Connor Stallions is a hundred percent down to be like, "Yep, it was me, and it was only me." All right, right. He's so. he's too cooperative. He's too cooperative not to uh, except not that to he's not. He wouldn't cooperate with any investigation. Right. I saw right. a funny tweet about that too, where someone called him a stud. <laughs> like <laughs> this guy's a stud. Uh, so it is so crazy and so silly. So I'm just going to say that we were recording this on Monday evening. It'll go up on Tuesday mornings when you guys will hear it. So just if anything has happened between now and then, we didn't know yet, but I don't think anything is going to happen that quickly. Apparently, as I said at the beginning, the earliest would be Wednesday. And then of course, Michigan would fight it. And I think seems that Joe and I are in agreement that Jim Harbaugh will be on the sidelines in Happy Valley on Saturday. Yeah, hopefully for Michigan's sake, he is. But if he's not, I don't think it'll hurt him. It probably won't hurt him too much. It would hurt me, Joe. It would personally hurt my heart. <laughs> I just want you to know that it would personally really hurt my heart. Um, all right, you guys, we are brought to you by Bet Online. Make sure to check out Predictable Picks this week. We might actually have a special guest too. So make sure to check it out. It's on my Instagram, my TikTok, my Twitter. Joe, please tell everybody where they can find you. Uh, you can catch me on Twitter at Joe DeLeon and then at Rafino and Joe on Twitter as well uh, for my show. And on YouTube, if you want to join in some on some uh, very spirited debate between me and my co-host, Blake Rafino, check out Rafino and Joe show on YouTube. We go live every uh, Monday, Wednesday and Sunday. Fantastic. All right. Thank you, you guys. You can find me on Twitter at Tracy FGSN on Instagram at Tracy Sandler, and I would be remiss if I did not end this podcast by saying, Go Blue! Talk to everybody next time. Bye, all.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.